Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And we shouted in Sunday school this morning. We did. Mostly Sheldon shouted. <laughs> and I was entertained. I love it. I, I, was, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> we got to basically do a little bit of a banter back and forth for our membership class for our church. And uh, it was completely unscripted. We had not even really talked to each other about what we were doing. It was kind of a, hey, here we go. And there it was. Our only it was rehearsal great. for it was the What Makes Nazarenes Different podcast. Right, right, which we had already done, of course. But uh, yeah, it was good. And it was, it was an odd feeling because Sheldon and I have not seen each other in a while, obviously. <laughs> and so this was our first interaction and the right. first time we've seen each other since you've gotten back from your trip. Yeah. And so it was like, I was a little giddy about it. I'm not going to lie. And then I realized that after you get to shouting in Sunday school, you can't really take questions because nobody wants to talk. You frightened everyone, I but know. in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very good day. It was very good. I was very. I wasn't mad. I was I, just yeah. emphatic. I was very exhausted after going from worship first service to immediately going to that class to immediately closing first service to then going to worship second service, and I just kind of after that I was like, man, that was. It wiped me out pretty good, just for that little bit, that little bit extra. You we'll worked hard today. It was a good day, though. It was a very good day. <laughs> I still have to finish my... So, okay, we have this thing that we have to do for classes that we're in, Sheldon and I. Oh, yeah. That's called the weekly reflection. <laughs> and every once in a while, a professor that we like better than others, even if they're not as good gives us less, where it's only like 250 words or 300 words. So this is because we do online school. At the end, the school needs to justify, you know, the week. what you learned this week, and they need you to tell them yeah. what you learned So it's week. literally a, without plagiarizing anything you've already said in your writing this week, tell us what you've learned this week. And it's usually about 500 words. And Sheldon and I have come to affectionately refer to it as the BS report, because you basically have to BS your way through it because it's very, very difficult to come up with 500 new words <laughs> to communicate what you've learned when you've told them all throughout the week what you are learning. As I've posted all of the things that I've yeah. learned this week, yeah, let it's, me attempt to redo that without yeah. plagiarizing myself for some unknown reason. It is very difficult. But the only reason I'm telling you all that is because I have to finish mine after we're done with this for, th for this week. And, uh, Unlike Sheldon, I've not You've been able to... you plan good things for yourself. Yes, I've, I've not been able to just say, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. The funniest thing about this is when my wife took a class like this, she would always be like, why do you wait until Sunday night to do this report? <coughs> you can do it as soon as you're done. You can do it on Friday. Totally. And, and, and because her, first, yeah. her first one... <laughs> Sunday night, I have to do my report. <laughs> There's something about needing to procrastinate this one that is just a reality when you're doing these things. Well, I just don't find humor when you say, huh, but what did you try to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. They do not like that. They do not. Oh, man. Okay, so I've got a did you know for us today. All right. And I bet this is a thing you don't actually know. Probably. Uh, Beatles fans, like real Beatles fans, will know this. But did you know... I don't know anything about the ...that Beatles. in December of 1999, George Harrison of Beatles fame... Yeah. ...was attacked by a man who was suffering from paranoid schizophrenia with a knife in his home, and what? he was saved by his wife. What? Yes. So, and this is a, an estate, you know, they had security, the whole deal... But a man with par paranoid schizophrenia broke in, attacked Harrison with a kitchen knife, puncturing a lung and causing head injuries before Olivia Harrison, his wife, incapacitated the assailant by striking him repeatedly with a fireplace poker and a lamp. Following the uh, attack, Harrison was hospitalized with more than 40 stab wounds wow. and part of, his, uh, fart. <laughs> part of his punctured lung was removed. But George Harrison was saved by his wife 
from a man with a knife that was stabbing him, trying to Saved stab him by to death. his wife from a man with a knife. I know you'd think he'd write a song. You'd think he'd write a, he'd have written a song about that. But yeah, so that's something that not a lot of people know. But there you go. There's a random. Did you know George Harrison saved by his wife? Should have had a gun. Should have had a gun. But they're British, so no. <laughs> no. Couldn't have had a gun. No, and now shouldn't even have a knife. Apparently, but that's a whole other discussion. You had a you had a thing <coughs> also about Kaepernick. Didn't oh you? yes, I have to. We have to We've talk about, about him before on the show. We have to talk about Cap because Cap has recently been in the news. And because he put himself in the news. He did put himself in the news. And so here's my thing. I thought it was ridiculous that the NFL was making this concession to have a tryout for whoever would show up for Colin Kaepernick. Yes. I thought that was ridiculous. Like, I get it. They're trying to get past the whole idea that he's been blackballed. They're trying to get past the whole idea that there's some kind of good old boys club that is making this happen for him. So I already thought that was ridiculous. Then all the more do I find out that Cap changes it within hours of when it's supposed to happen. An hour. Yeah, yeah within an hour. Yeah, that's right. I was being gracious to him. I'm sorry. And and totally wants the media to be like it. It's like you went from something you were already getting massive amount of media attention for, and you're like, oh, hang on, I'm going to get some more. Well, he actually wanted the cameras to show him making the throws, and the NFL was like, no, you're not filming inside of our building. Like, we'll send and, the film to all the and teams. And I get that implication. It is interesting, though, because I did read the NFL's release about the concessions they did make for him, and a lot of them would have made it made most of those things okay, would have worked it out. But anyway, right. so he kicks up a fuss. I think he already had, what, 13 teams that were confirmed that they were going to be there. There was 24. Okay, so all but one. There's 25 teams, right? In the, in 32. The 32, right, duh. <coughs> so anyway, yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. So he does this thing. And first of all, I'm just miffed because I'm like, come on, dude. Like, if you want to play, play. Like, use your platform once you're playing in the league again. But don't just pull a stunt. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, dude doesn't want to play. He just wants to be an activist, which I'm fine with. If that's what Colin Kaepernick wants but to be. But the whole point of this is that he does want to play. He says he wants to play. I believe it less every time the man opens his mouth in these kinds of settings. <laughs> Here's my thing. I had a discussion with somebody today. I think Colin Kaepernick is an NFL caliber quarterback. I don't think he's the greatest in the world. I think in the right system, he works very, very well. Okay? Yeah. The offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, that's currently running Lamar Jackson and making him look amazing right. is the guy that made Cap look amazing. <laughs> right. I don't think... And, and Lamar Jackson yeah. is legitimately amazing. Right. But I don't think Cap is like one of these guys. You know, he's, he's good. He's adequate. In a good system, he's great. But the biggest thing that stuck out to me over this entire thing, he did a 90-second interview after he was done. And there's one thing that bothered the crap out of me. I have watched many interviews with Colin Kaepernick, some more recent, some in distant past. Should I play part of it? You can play it. Go ahead and play it. Go ahead and play it. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyone who has ever heard interviews with Colin Kaepernick, that I've heard a lot of Colin is Kaepernick not interviews. how he sounds. There has never been any remote right. hint of that southern twang drawl in his voice. And nobody is talking about this. Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Who is he trying to be? Because listen, I'm fine with it. You connect more with your black heritage. If you're wanting to kind of go that direction, great. I'm all for it. This is not that. He sounded like a hick, and I'm like, where, where is this? Just because you're in Georgia, and so you got to try to talk like you think the people talk. Like, what is that? And I'm just looking at this guy. I'm going, you don't know who you are, and you are trying desperately to figure it out. And the unfortunate reality is, is you're him, doing it in front of the camera at the Super Bowl. Let me see if I can <laughs> grab some audio real quick. Hold on. A lot of pressure. It, to me, 
the good plays are things that you're supposed to do. That's, I mean, you go out there to be successful, you go out there to play well, and when I have bad plays and things don't go right for me, see, those are the things that resonate in my mind as far as... And see, I hear him talking there, and I go, if I'm hearing that guy, I think... I would assume that guy's black based on some of the some of the phrasing I'm hearing. Okay. Yeah, but some he's of the not stereotypical southern. Fra- but what I'm hearing in that other one, I'm like, this is some hick with a cowboy hat. Like, I would think that was a white dude, like from some like like podunk town <laughs> down south of somewhere. And I'm like, who? What is this guy doing? Like, I don't get it. If you want to play in the league, please play in the league. Be whoever you want to be. You know, stand up for whatever cause you want to stand up for. I'm great with that. But don't don't tell me you want to play. And then do something there like this. There was somebody else who went to the South and found themselves a Southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> as soon as they stepped into a black I church just, for political I reasons. Just Her name was Hillary Clinton. Yes, and it was so bad. <laughs> she never once spent time south of the border except while she was married to the governor of <sighs> Arkansas. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just so tired of south like... South of the Mason-Dixon line. Of the, of the intentional or not, I'm tired of the disingenuousness of crap like this. Like, come on. Like... Be who you're going to be. Let it speak for itself. Don't talk to me about injustice while Nike's paying most of your bills when they're still running sweatshops. Like, don't do this. Like, don't. <laughs> Please don't. Like, just be I, consistent. I find the humor in all of this, <coughs> and I will still say that without the circus, Kaepernick is probably the 20th best quarterback in the league. I would agree. But nobody wants this. Nobody wants that instability <laughs> on their team. Right. It's just you're not going to pay him top 10 money, which is – You he guys was, understand. He making top People 12 People don't money. want LeBron James on their teams because of the <laughs> drama that he brings. There are teams who – I don't know any team in the league that doesn't want LeBron James on their team. They would take him, but they don't necessarily <laughs> want him. Those are two different things. Some fans may not want yes. him. In the way that some fans would not want Tom Brady as and their Colin, quarterback. And Colin Kaepernick is no LeBron James <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Right. He does not have the clout to do what he is doing. He could have that. And if he just... I, there we go. See, I don't I'm even, not shouting this time. No, but it's just it drives me crazy. It's just so self-defeating. And, and watching twi- the Twitterverse just either praise him or crucify him for this, I'm like... Y'all are stupid. Like, if you think he's the next coming of Gandhi, you're an idiot. And if you think he's a no-talent bum who can't play, you're also an idiot. Like, I just, ugh. I'm just so, I'm so over it. But he just keeps coming back. He's like just a bad penny, man. He just won't go away. I think there's direct similarities between <coughs> him and Trump. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> they, they, they both love the camera. And it's he true. Can't, he can't go long without getting the camera on him But there somehow. are no surprises with Trump. <laughs> you know exactly who he's going to be, what he's uh, going to be. He loves a camera. He, he does. But you, there are no surprises, man. You know what the man's going to do. Say, when you see the word W-O-M-E-M trending on Twitter, and it's like not quite woman, but almost, you're like, Trump tweeted. Trump didn't tweeted he? something. <laughs> yes, it's the truth. But but I am. I'm just sick of the circus, man. I'm sick of the. You know, I know, dude was your boy at one time. He's still my boy. He'll and, always be my boy. You don't fall out of favor with me like that. But I'm just. I'm just so done. I'm so done with it. It's just. It's just a joke. It's such a joke, and I can't handle it. I'm a true fan. I just. Can't I enjoy it. it. I enjoy the circus. Can't handle it. <laughs> Anyway, so that's a thing. That's a trollish nature of mine, I guess. But again, the, the thing that put me over the edge was that, that hick accent. Like, that made me officially completely done. So, okay, I will. this might not be the funniest thing I share on the <laughs> podcast, but I think it might be. And then the rest of the podcast can go downhill from here. <laughs> Did you know Oh no! that in Japan, the restaurant that is packed out on Christmas Eve that you cannot get in, is a KFC. Oh, no. <laughs> I was told this by the guy that was my translator and host for most of the time there, and he's awesome because he lived in San Francisco for seven years, so he has some idea of American culture, a good idea of American culture, right. and, and a great idea of Japanese culture. And, and so he's like, I try to tell them, you know, you don't, Americans do not eat KFC on Christmas Eve, but in their minds... There's something about the turkey that we eat on Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. but they don't do a lot of turkey. So chicken 
is as close as they're going to get. And they've kind of meshed the idea of Thanksgiving, family dinner, and Christmas Eve. (laughs) And I'm like... I'm like, no, dude, it's like it's like ham, maybe, or mostly like cookies and, and random snacks and stuff. Right. That's Christmas Eve. And uh, and he's like, yes, I know this. He's like, but you can't tell the people they will go <laughs> and get fried chicken on oh Christmas Eve like it's the thing to do. I'm having I'm having flashbacks of a Christmas story, them going to that I think it's a Chinese restaurant when their <laughs> food is ruined and they have duck <laughs> for for Christmas. And, oh man! And, and I was just like, I, there's a number of other things that in the culture, they love. They love America, like they love things that are American because they assume that it's popular because it's American, right? And so they will try and appropriate it to whatever they're doing. Yeah, and it, it just translates weird. Yeah, you know, it's but, one. Of, that's one of the weirdest things I've dis- I did discover being overseas is how popular the idea of Americanism is, even if. A culture would mostly claim that they don't like America or Americans. Yeah. I asked him, I'm like, you guys are making a big deal out of Christmas. All I saw was people setting up lights. Like, lights are going to be a huge thing. Decorations were a huge thing. And uh, all the shops and everything had all started transitioning for Christmas, just like they are around here. Like, major Christmas push. And I'm like, but I haven't seen any churches. And he's like... No, not very many people in churches. And I'm like, so what is Christmas? And he's like, it is like gifts and uh, it's a holiday season. It's a, <laughs> it's a, I'm like, but you guys don't really take off for Christmas. No, not really. And I'm like, well, <laughs> then why? I'm just not getting it. He's like, no, like we, uh, and he basically, he said, we respect Buddha, which is basically like, we worship Buddha the way he would have. Like, right. We worship Buddha. We're not Christian. It's not about that. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah. I just don't. So they ta- they've taken the American commercialization of Christmas to the nth degree. Oh, totally. Where it literally has no meaning outside of it the has, commercialization. Yeah, none. And it was it was <laughs> weird for me, like growing up Christian my whole life, and it's like, you know, they're making a commercialization of the <laughs> holiday. We're getting away from the purity of what it is. A pagan ritual overcome by the Catholic <laughs> Church. Pasted straight over top so that... No, wait. Wrong one. No, it's about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So needless to say, Sheldon has been in Japan this past week. Spent the last week in Japan. And uh, I have never even come remotely close to traveling to that region of the world. I don't know that... Neither you, had I. Uh, yeah, like, okay. It was just basically Canada. So, so I'm going to sound like the ignorant American, but it's a really long I told flight. Him, I told him, though, I said, now, though, he is the experienced American because he's been to Japan. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, we're just going to kind of let Sheldon roll with some things that he learned and <laughs> discovered. Um, and so let's start with that. Let's start with, with the... with the. Were there, first of all, I want to know, because you were going... Uh, this was a work trip. Right. Was there anybody that was going with you or that you had spoken to who had had previous experience yeah. in Japan? The two guys I were with were very experienced. Okay. American. So, like the, Mer- the two Americans I were with was with had a good idea okay. of how to do it. Like we still needed help buying train tickets because we couldn't read. Yes, anything. of course. And so that, like we needed And there's a no bit guessing. It's not like some languages where you can like, oh, that yeah, kind of looks I right. can kind of figure it out. Like the romantic <laughs> languages, French, Spanish... German, yeah. Like, is it Italian? Do they? Yeah, Italian. Yeah. What what is that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's a real language. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Okay, Um, but like trying to figure those out easy for me, like because I took enough Spanish that the base of the words I can start to figure out what's going on and I can be passable. But Japanese is totally different. Like there's no it's trace like of Japanese in the American in language. The yeah. Yeah. And when people are talking, I'm trying to pick up on tone and inflection. Yeah. It wasn't working either because nope. their tones and inflections are mostly wrong. <laughs> and I start like for what they're trying to say. Yeah. If, if I were to say the same thing in English, my emphasis would be at a different part in the sentence. And so I can't, I can't make heads or tails right. out of it. And then, so like I would start asking my translator, the words that I would hear most often. And the problem was the word that I was hearing most often was just a term of like 
respect or like yeah. he's like i don't know how to describe in english <laughs> and i'm like um is it like the word just and I, and he's like no it's more like a term of respect and or like a or and i'm like oh it's like the nosotros form of something in spanish where it's like what is that it's like you all collectively yeah but respectful yeah and or something like that and i i, I just couldn't put my finger on oh, okay <laughs> what exactly are they getting at yeah. when they say this you know and and so yeah i just i was struggling most of the time to figure out what anyone was saying so so tell me was there anything like particularly that they warned you about or like hey be careful about this Oh, yeah, Before the business card traveling. thing. Okay. The business card thing. So your business card is rectangular like this. When you offer someone your business card, you hold it by your thumb and forefinger uh-huh. on both corners, on both top corners. Yeah. So that your name and company logo is facing the other person. Yeah. And you present offer it to them. Two-handed. Present it to them. Yeah. Then when the other person takes it, they will take it without and you don't cover up your name or your company logo at all because the business card is an extension of yourself. Yes. So this is me represented on a card. Yeah. So when you receive it from somebody, you don't cover up their name or company logo with your thumb or four fingers and you reach out and you take it in the same way. Yeah. And you look at it as if you've never read anything before in your life. <laughs> you study it and you look at it and you flip it over and flip it back and ask them about their their title or what they do. And and it's a, it's a good conversation. And then you don't just stick it in your pocket. You put it in like your wallet, like in a wallet or like a handheld pocket wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what is that? I would have no idea. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, like a little case, you put it in there. Right. And for me, I wasn't prepared with a little case or anything. So I would just like put it under my cell phone like this and, Uh Just kind of hold it there in my hand until nobody was looking, and as then it would it in go my in pocket, pocket when I put my phone in my pocket. Yeah, or whatever, so that actually doesn't surprise me. I mean, that seems like I've, I, I feel like I've seen enough Japanese people present something, whether in film or on the news or whatever, and it's always kind of that two-handed. The Japanese people gesture. also do not shake hands. Yes. Like you, if you offer them a hand out of respect, they will shake your hand because you're making a kind gesture, but amongst each other, they will not be shaking hands. Yeah. Bowing. Lots of bowing. Or physical touch. Yes. Lots of bowing. Yeah. And it's from the waist. Like your, your torso isn't bowing. It's, it's from the waist. Do they, do they still do a cultural thing where, where males bow with hands at the sides and females bow with hands, uh, in front of them? That may be a thing. It it seemed to be a thing. Okay, Although, I wasn't sure I if that was that still it's super rigid. Well, when I was in martial arts, that was one of the things that they actually even required of oh, okay. students was that yeah. if you were female, you bowed like this. If you were male, you bowed like this. And there was a distinction made even in 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 that. So there there's a lot of beautiful things about the culture and things that I absolutely loved. Yeah, like I didn't enjoy being in the dark the entire time, but there there were things that you know as like. Uh, in the dark about what people yeah, are yeah, saying or yeah, what totally. is written where. Oh, first of all, if you want to make a killing in, J- in Japan, <laughs> start a sign company. <laughs> <laughs> there is no regulation on the size or amount of lumens or the colors on which you can use on oh, a yeah. sign. Oh, yeah. Every little business has a gigantic sign. And they make things last forever. So that guy's humongous sign has been there for a really long time. Yeah. So you just build yours on top of it or beside it. Oh, my gosh. And wherever. But you don't mow the edge of the sidewalk. Those weeds just grow. Really? Yeah. That seems counterintuitive to me with right. the neatness of how I perceive. But there's also a lot Everything's of Everything's very narrow yeah. and clean. It's not necessarily neat. Yeah. Like, Super, like everything's clean and in that way tidy. There's no litter. Yeah. But they don't spend a lot of time mowing their lawns or mowing. Like there isn't large, wide open places of grass in a lot of the smaller cities, like the bigger cities that have better parks and stuff. Yeah. The parks will be manicured better, you know, but like just along the side of the street and whatever, where we would have some guy out there weed whacking. Yeah. Those just grow. Huh. It just is a thing. Otherwise, you put a guard in there. So let's so let's back up just a hair. Yeah. <coughs> so oh. you had. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. You had a fourteen-hour flight. 
Yeah, 13. 13, 13 hours. something so, like that. So tell me a little Washington bit about... Washington to Tokyo. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that first. The, the, the flight was pretty cool. I, I do, if you ever go on a flight like this, I was told to go like the economy plus class. Like yeah. you don't want to ride in economy and you don't want to pay for or spring for like the... The business, business class, class or whatever, yeah. But that economy plus is pretty legit. Okay. You get most of the perks of the business class, and it's still just slightly more expensive than the coach class. But I cannot imagine the people that were in coach for a 13 hour flight Ugh. looked like they were dying. Yeah. Did you go back? <laughs> there and were people observe? like sleeping in the aisle or not in the aisle. You couldn't do that, but like sleeping in the exit ramp area just oh, yeah. kind of like trying to curl up for a second or like stretch out and they look like they were dying but i could at least stretch my legs out although not quite the whole way because i'm a little too tall yeah. to be able to do that and so i had slept i fell asleep randomly watching john wick and my <laughs> and i had my legs crossed and so this like ligament in my knee got super tight and it felt like I was on fire. And that's what woke me up. And then the guy beside me was asleep and I'm stuck by the window and I'd try and stretch my leg out, but it wouldn't go the whole way out. So I couldn't get this thing straight. Oh, and I'm like, goodness. I guess I'll just sit here and let my knee burn. Like it was <laughs> so bad. I no. didn't sleep much that first night, but we did eat three meals on the flight. They served oh, nice. us like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Nice if you can call it that, because we never knew what time zone we were in. Oh, of course. But it was it was cool because in Economy Plus, you get like a tray and cutlery. Like you get knife, fork, spoon, yeah, a glass. You know, you get real plates. Yeah. I found out my silverware was magnetic, which was interesting. But Really? Yeah, because in an airplane, you don't want silverware flying around. Of course. Around. That's, that's actually really so brilliant. It wasn't like extremely magnetic. Just enough. Just enough. Yeah. And I, yeah. So anyway. I remember you posted a picture of something that was like over your right shoulder. Oh, like yeah. That was, that was on the flight from Tokyo to Nagoya, which was awesome because it, uh, it was a domestic flight within Japan. Okay. And my Economy Plus ticket translated somehow into business class for oh. that one, which was cool. So like there was in the business class ones, you sit down in, it's like this big like tiny office okay so like you have a little light that's over your shoulder that you can read your book you got a remote here you got like a little desk and a place to put things and, and you're kind of isolated got, from the other yeah you're kind of isolated from the other people and this is your own little space nice yeah it's not like flying yeah in, in, in coach or yeah okay okay at all. So but the flight, the flight was extremely long. You do have to get up and walk around. Like oh, I, I, I would totally it. get an aisle seat next time. It's not worth it to look out the window. Don't, don't worry about that. Just get an aisle seat where you can get up and go to the bathroom when you need to. And you don't yeah. have to bother anybody and you can just do your thing. But like, then you're going to be the person being bothered. Yeah. A so it's bit. just a trade off. But you just be cool about it. Yeah. And that gives you a reason to get up and walk around. And totally. 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 So first impressions, like you touch down. You're in Japan. <laughs> Give me some of those impressions. The first impression was going through like TSA and immigration. Yeah. And everybody being nice. Yeah. Like, like they, genuinely they nice. nice. They were efficient, respectful, nice, and pretty understanding. Like, yeah. I, I had my flights pulled up on my phone. And I'm like, this is where I need to go. Am I in the right spot? Like, basically, can I go here for this? And yeah. they're like, yes, go this way. Because what. It, what they hate more than anything is somebody holding up the line. Nobody holds up the line. Yeah. If there's a line and something going on, if you have a problem, you need to like step out of that line and let the line keep going. And once you sort it out, it's okay to jump back in and just right. keep going. Whereas <laughs> in America, we all know the person that's just like, hold up, hold up, hold yeah, up. Yeah. Stop everything. Right. I have a problem. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> oh, and man. The, the more rather like they'd rather help you over here and let everything else just keep going. It's, yeah. it's much more efficient. It was, that, that's what I would say more than ever, anything. Super efficient, super quick. They're even their moving sidewalks in their airports. Like, I don't think they'd be legal in the States because they move a little faster. Yeah. <laughs> and children and old people beware. So, you you stumble going off that thing, you you'll be in you're gonna lose something. <laughs> so were they were they much more like look you in the eye, like engage you when you're even going through a line, or was it like it is here where they're literally looking down, they're barely paying attention to the fact that you're there? Like was oh, it like everybody was, yeah, everybody was pretty attentive to what was gonna 
need to happen to get you through. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know that you felt, you know, that personal touch right, or anything of course. at all. It was just right. like, but like, very you felt like the person was actually alive that so, was doing. So here's the thing in the train station, which we walked around in some, and, and one, two of our guys took the train for some stuff, but you, you see everybody going this way and everybody coming back the other way. And I'm like, everybody was orderly and flowing and i'm like i've been in subways yeah in the states and it's not like this no it's not like this is not an orderly process and yeah. i'm like there's always a 400 pound person going the wrong way like it's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like <laughs> i'm like in america we always have these people that yes. just cannot follow the general directions but that's the thing like the things that we wish most people would just assume when you're in a line or in a place trying to go somewhere, somehow their culture is able to just do it yeah, and get it done. And, and I'm like, we're all getting somewhere. Yeah. You know, all these little cars all drive bumper together. to bumper and nobody's smashing into each other. There's no road rage. Yeah. We're kind of letting people in, but not really, you know, you're just nose to tail, nose to tail, nose to tail. And here we go. And we're all getting somewhere. Yeah. We're not extremely frustrated. Or angry. Yeah. This is just the traffic. This is the traffic to get to where I need to go. <laughs> and it's not, man, the blind rage. Oh, <laughs> yes. In the U.S. Oh, sometimes. yes. But I think the rules are better understood by everyone. And everyone seems to have a better desire to go with the rules. Yeah. Like we don't have, in, in the States, you have that underlying thing of this is your rule. I see your rule. I don't like your rule. I think I'm going to break your rule. Yeah. If I can find a way to break your rule without it costing me a whole lot, I'm probably going to do it. Right. <laughs> Which has its benefits. <laughs> it's because we were founded in rebellion. I know. It does come through. It's that little, it's that little rebellious streak. <laughs> and it, I don't think that has any place yeah. in their culture yeah. whatsoever, from what I can tell. Yeah. The other thing is, when you're eating noodles in Japan... It's a-okay to slurp your noodles. Really? Slurp them as loud as you can. That's interesting. It, we went to, uh, I don't know, what would be the equivalent here? Maybe like a Bob Evans. Yeah. But it was like their version of Bob Evans. So it was like noodles and um, uh, fried stuff and yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. So it was, it was good. Uh, like all the food was good. I love Japanese food. So yeah. for me, this trip was great. I think like 80% of my office would have been like, yo, way am I eating that? Yeah. But I'm like, I love tempura. I love noodles. I love yeah. sushi. All of that is very good. Although a uh, sushi roll with rice on the outside is not a thing. Most of the time it's seaweed on the outside, yeah. like crispy seaweed. Yeah. And see, I would be interested to do that because the rice on the outside combined with whatever else is, and I can't do that texture. So maybe if I had like real authentic yeah, sushi. Maybe I could do it. But so, so what was the best so, thing you like, ate slurp, while you were there? That's slurping your know. noodles was the first thing I had to get over, and it was funny because he, uh, my buddy Hero. Yeah. His, it, uh, it's H I R O. Yeah. Hero. Anyway, he was like, like he, from, he was from Big Hero Six. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> complimenting me on my chopstick work. He's like, but you're taking it too far. Like, lift up your bowl, and then just. Take it from the bowl to your mouth. Yeah, just as far it, as it's not efficiency, all like efficiency. This, this chopstick is not made to lift it from all the way over here, all the way up to your mouth. Just yeah. put it up to your mouth, and you're basically like kind of half shoveling it. Yeah. And then you slurp your noodles. What's crazy is there was a little bit of music in this restaurant, but it's like a Bob Evans with these little half walls, and so there's oh, yeah. people eating behind me and all around me. All I could hear through the entire restaurant was. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was like, oh. and so I'm like, I'm eating. I'm not making a sound. And, and he's like, it's okay. You can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. It was like the strangest thing. Yeah. That's not something I would have expected, but what but was, I think it's kind of a compliment to whoever made the noodles totally. like, to hear that, that you're enjoying like, them. Oh, everybody's enjoying yeah. it. If it's super quiet, you're like, did it, are the noodles bad? Is nobody yeah. eating the noodles? That's interesting. Yeah. So tell me, what was the, what would you say is like the best thing you ate while you were there? 
the shabu shabu was legit. Okay. Uh, shabu shabu is just basically a pot, a boiling pot, and then there's different things that you put in it, and there'll, there'll be vegetables in it and cabbage and different things. But then you'll get meat that's sliced really thin, uh-huh. and you put it in there, and it's raw. I mean, it's yeah. raw, it's sliced really thin, and you just drop it in the pot for a little bit, stir it around until it starts to turn brown, and then you pull it out and eat it. So and you're literally cooking it right there. The thing that I could not get over in Japan is how every little dish looks like it would not feed a child. Yeah. Like for a snack. This is yeah. not a, even a child's snack. This portion is so small, like I'm severely disappointed to yeah, be getting yeah. this. And then you get your next portion, then your next portion, and your next portion. And 18 of these, and you're like, I could never eat another thing again <laughs> in my life. I am so stuffed. I don't know how you do it. But there must be a desire in this culture to make a lot of bowls yeah. or a lot of dishes. Oh, yeah. It's just a thing. Like, everything was in a little bowl, and presentation is everything. Yeah. Even in, like, your run-of-the-mill restaurants, like, everything is a little bit of garnish or, like, a, a little twig of something or a stalk of something or a yeah. little flower petal. Or the number of salads I had that had random flower petals in them was very high. <laughs> So also salads for breakfast. Really? The last day I was just like, I'm not eating this salad <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I, I'm just like, and, and that's the phrase that you would hear all the time in Japan, but it is healthy for you. Yeah. Like anything that's considered healthy, well, why would you not do it? Yeah. Right? Like if we're told something's healthy in the States, like, yeah, I know, it's super healthy. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> Give me butter and cheese. More butter, please. Yes. And they're like, no, but this is healthy for you. Yeah. And I'm like, I know salads are healthy for me. I'm eating breakfast. I'm not eating this that. This is not a healthy meal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to load up on carbs. <laughs> then so, trying not to nap. So what would you say was the weirdest thing you ate while you were there? Or the thing that you looked at and you thought, man, I don't know about that. Uh... The, the roasted squid was actually really good, okay. but it was an actual roasted squid like a and full, then full thing. Full it was squid. small. It was it was maybe the size of a cutting board. Yeah, and it was roasted very nicely and then just chopped. Bam, 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 in like rings. And, and you, you just, just picked it. your piece. You just picked your piece and ate it. Wow. And that was that was good. Like yeah. I enjoyed that. What I could not do was they had an appetizer, and it came out, and I'm like, what is this? And he, and he was like, it is chicken. And I'm like, what part of the chicken? And he's like, um, and he's like pointing to this. And then he's like this part of his wrist. And I'm like, chicken wrist? I'm like, I've heard of chicken wing. And he's like, no, it's like, and he's pointing to the elbow. And I'm like, chicken, el- I, I don't know what this is. Yeah. And then... I did my Google Translate, which I was using. Yeah. And, and uh, he's like, and oh no, he did Google Translate. He, he put the word that was in his head yeah. into Google Translate and showed it to me. And I'm like, oh, cartilage. Oh. And they were just bits of breaded chicken cartilage, deep fried, like you would chicken wings. Oh. And the breading was really good. And, and he's like, no, 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 you have to try them. And I'm like, Okay, he's pumping these things up pretty high. And I'm like, I'll try it. And so I'm like, chewing on one. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It is the chicken cartilage. I'm just crunching on chicken cartilage. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing this. Who looks at a chicken and goes, bring me the cartilage? But that's it, what I want. It's something that you chew on for longer. I <laughs> guess it gets the flavor, you, you oh. know, get the flavor for longer. And I'm just like, it's a texture thing for me. I just couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, and it, I, c- and, I can and do And that same thing that we had skewers of like chicken tail, chicken neck, chicken livers. And I was just like, this is not a, this was kind of at like a Japanese style pub thing. Yeah. And they just like, all the food was very good. Yeah. But um, uh, some of it was like, Woof. Yeah, when you and start then, when you start getting into organ meat and some of those were like I I would have to pump the brakes on that. I no. can't do that. The raw fish, like sashimi here in the States is usually pretty thin. Yeah. Thinly sliced raw fish. They're like some of the cuts were much thicker okay. than what we would do necessarily. And it's just I'm like, yep, that's a raw fish. Yeah. 
down the hatch. Here it goes. Huh. <laughs> and I, that wasn't bad because yeah. I'm, I'm used to raw fish. I'm okay. So what was it like? Because you had to actually do presentations and some different things yeah. during this. So what was it like actually having to do that with a translator? The, the translator, I think, was great. I And... and the way I tested I that, I, said, I think was great. Yeah, the way I tested it was taking questions. Yeah, and that's what I realized more than anything. Doing a training over there, uh, initially, I was really worried that they were translating my slides correctly, and that when I say something, that they'll be translating correctly. Yeah. And after a while, I'm like, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to do a portion of the presentation and roll for a while, and then I'm like, let me ask some questions. Anybody have any questions on what was just presented? And they will ask on a lot of things on which they're not clear, and it will help you clear up any translation issues. Okay. So that was helpful. It slows things down, but it gives you a more personal connection. Yeah. And it also helps you fill in the gaps that may have been missed through a language barrier. Yeah. Or just me being a poor communicator barrier. Like you can you can start to figure out, okay, yeah, I didn't say that right. And and what's weird is while I was over there, I developed de- developed like a halting English way of saying things where I would like be self-censoring out anything that they were routinely having trouble translating. Okay. So like (coughs) I knew which words were being translated well and that they had no issue with. And then some of the more obscure like English references or sometimes the more technical stuff. Like when we start getting into technical language, they were about machinery and stuff. Right. It's easier to use more common language then instead of the more technical stuff and hope that the message is communicated better. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. So I ended up speaking a more herky-jerky English by the time I was at the end, but it was it made more sense as you were going. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Well, because I've never had to use a translator for anything like that, you know, when I'm, when I'm speaking or when I'm trying to present something. So I would imagine that that would be, in and of itself, would just be an, an interesting experience. Yeah, and I was saying something about you have to make that super super tight. And the one guy, the one guy that didn't understand any English, and he yeah. was listening to the translator, he just cracked up because hearing the word like super super back to back just sounded yeah. funny to him. Of course, <laughs> and I don't know, it's just things like that <coughs> that you pick up on, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, probably sounds goofy. Yeah. So were you mostly just in the city? Were you in any of the any of the more rural areas? Like, what was your? Because my thing, like, I've I've always been fascinated by the sharp contrast of Japanese culture. Like, obviously, a lot of people would say there's a sharp contrast in rural America and uh, you know, like New York or Chicago or something like that, San Francisco, and there is. But I feel like it is much more sharply contrasted in Japanese culture in particular. For me, I've never been one that's been a fan of like like when I when I've seen footage of Tokyo or I've seen that I feel like I get stressed out just looking at everything that's happening there. But if you take me out to like the countryside of Japan, I'm like this is this my people are here. Like this is where I would want to be. This is my the thing. wide open places. Yes. And so <laughs> is is that more a kind of a, a an American assumption? Was it like that? Like, what were the differences? Or were you in those kind of areas? Like some I spent of most of my time in the cities or, or more urban areas. The city I was in, Toyohashi, most of the time yeah. is like uh, industry is pretty big in that city. And it's, it's maybe some of the buildings looked a little older. Like, they've done quite a good job of keeping things up. But the other thing about the Japanese culture is they make stuff last a long time. Right. They build it high quality, and then it's going to last a long time. For instance, uh, over over the stairs that go down into the train station, okay, this is just yeah. a walkway that goes under the sidewalk, goes down in. There's like a cover up over the top, right? Okay. And all it does is keep the rain off of that. You yeah. Know, it's just a, just a cover. This thing was built out of steel-welded I-beam. Really? And I'm like, you could build a significantly large structure on top of that canopy. Yeah. This could be built out of, you know, just small tubular steel. You wouldn't have to, like, you could spot weld these things together. Right. And it's welded I-beams, and all the joints were welded, completely welded along all the joints. And I'm like... This will be here for a hundred more years. Yeah, like, at least. And I'm like, you'll have to paint it 18 <laughs> times, you know. Yeah. But it's never going away. And a lot of their construction is that way. Like, yeah. It's just built. Do it right. Do it right the first way. Really, and you really don't have well. to fix it again. But then 
you have to also keep up with the facade of that building because it's it's built so well, it's going to stay that way. Yeah. And you're just going to have to keep touching it up yeah. and making it look good. And so in an older industrial town, there are places that just look rusty or yeah. that need kept up a little more. Yeah. So. But everything was really high quality, well run, and, and well put together. Yeah. But the other thing about Japan is that the crime rate is incredibly low. Okay. Like you don't worry about it, basically. That that was they didn't warn me about anything because there was nothing to be warned about. Yeah, you could walk around just about anywhere. I mean the the there was a district right beside our hotel that had all kinds of bars and clubs and whatever. And I asked him like, is that like a bad section of town? He's like, basically, told me in in his way of saying it like there's a lot of stumbling drunks around there. Yeah, after a certain time of night, but you don't really have to worry a whole lot. Like yeah. They, in 2017, I looked it up. In 2017, I think they had two gun deaths. Wow. In the entire country. Yeah. But guns and swords have been banned in Japan since 1958. Right. Even for personal defense or for any reason. Right. And, like, they have an extreme aversion to guns. Like, my buddy was saying, okay, so when he was in the States... He's like, I go into a businessman's office and he's like, hey, man, have you seen my new gun that I got? And he's like, is that like a model or a, or a toy? And he's like, no, it's a real thing. And he's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm yeah. not touching that. You know, I don't, want to, I don't want any part of it. Don't want my hands on it. Don't, don't want a fingerprint. Like, he's, yeah. he was super worried about it. Yeah. And, and he said that for him, that was the weirdest part of being in the States, driving down the road and seeing a gun store like, you could go in there and you could buy a gun. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, I enjoy shooting. It's fun. And he's like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, he just couldn't wrap his head around it. <clears throat> well, that's one of the things that surprised me. But the more you're thinking about it, my initial response was being that Japan was such a warrior culture for such a long time, that surprises me. But then I got to thinking about it, and the warrior culture was among the elites. It wasn't among the common people. Like they were just conscripts that had to fight for the warlords and for the for the you know the the samurai and different things like that. Like they they didn't have a choice. They right. were it was a it was a serfdom type situation, <coughs> and they wouldn't have been allowed to like unless you were samurai, you weren't allowed to carry a sword. Right. Like that was something that denoted class. That was something that denoted your station. And so I guess that would be like a long held. Even tradition there of, of well, aversion being, to being Buddhist, like they, right, of they, course. they also wanted to be a more peaceful people. Like, of the, like taking the pathway of peace is, would be something yeah. that they they would talk about, right? You know? But it is just funny because I mean, usually from an American standpoint, at least when you think Japan, you'll think things like the samurai, you'll think things like uh, you know the Japanese during World War Two. You know, you you think of something aggressive. Uh, in, a, in a lot some of, of respects. That, some of that was also our uh, the way the way we viewed them in wartime and not a true picture of the culture them, itself. Yeah, totally. And, and even, even the culture <coughs> today, I feel like it would take quite a while to get to the step of violence because of all the politeness that's yeah. built into their culture. There's a lot of politeness and unspoken rules and like a look of disapproval or a look of disappointment is usually enough to bring correction for what you've done wrong. Yeah. And people will do what they can to avoid that. And, and to like, they're very loyal and, and very much about honor and, and, yeah. and, and that type of thing. And, and just being respectful of others, you know, and that's the whole bowing thing. Like everybody, right. that's, that's your way you acknowledge someone, you know, right. and it's not like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of what they will talk about is like, um, if if you don't like someone, it's almost like that that like backdoor um, side eye type of you know disdain and, yeah, and yeah. that type of thing. You, you know the subtle um, passive aggressive kind of way of getting back at you. Like yeah, uh, fresh off the boat does a great job <coughs> at this. Where like oh, I forgot about when, that when Jessica and her sister are talking on the phone, and it's like. 
hey, did you hear that your brother's coming over? Da, da, da. And, and and then they have the translation at, your bro- at the bottom. Your brother got a new job and is coming over to flaunt his new car. <laughs> <laughs> and and like uh, and and like I I noticed the other day that you were wearing a pretty blue dress and the uh, and the translation underneath it, like you you don't have any money. Why why were you spending so much money on that dress? Oh you my can't possibly afford it. And all like. You know, so there's just the there's subtext, much there's subtext. subtext, but but respectful up front, but then subtext <laughs> behind. But to get to the place of violence in a culture like that would be tough because you can. There's so many layers to the politeness and form and function right. of society. Well, that you would have to cross in order to actually reach out and smack someone in the face. Well, and you would assume too that that would be why there's such brutality a lot of times in Asian cultures, especially. When, when you've come to the place of war, because when you have that kind of self-regulation and repression, and then all of a sudden it's let go of, like, that, that makes sense. What was funny is they were keen to draw distinctives between themselves and the Chinese. Oh, and yes. Themselves and the Koreans. Oh, and yes. Like, I, you know, very keen on making that distinction. Yes. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, you guys don't have a lot of immigration, and yes. you like your country the way it is, and we get it. Like, they take your picture going in, they take your picture going out. Yeah. And and while I was there, I'm like, I think, I think the U.S. does a, a moderate job at policing who comes into our country. Yeah. We actually do a really terrible job at policing who comes into our country compared to most. I would yeah. say we're probably near the bottom. Right. But we do a terrible job of keeping track of when people leave. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. I think I think if we could get better at anything, it'd be keeping track of who's here and for how long yeah. and making sure that they both come and leave and that we have record of both coming and the going. Like that that to me would be something that we could look to achieve with our borders and immigration. <laughs> Sheldon for Congress, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, I'm not saying that you have to take a picture of everybody coming in and going out, but it, it's a decent, it's helpful. decent system. It's not, not, not too terrible. It wasn't intrusive for me. Yeah. <laughs> they took my fingerprints, too. Really? <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, that would freak me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And they, they're just like, here, look at the camera. Here, put your fingers on this thing. Beep. Oh, it didn't quite take. Here, do it again. Okay. Beep. I'm like, great. I'm like, does it matter which fingers? Like, yes, it has to be your index fingers. So my two index fingers are yeah. somewhere in J- the Japaniverse. <laughs> the Japan. <laughs> so tell me, tell me then what, like, what are your biggest takeaways from, from having this experience, from, from being there? Is it one of those things where you're like, man, I'd love to go back? Or was oh, it yeah. like, I'm good? Without a doubt, I would go back. Yeah. I mean, name another place on earth where you can go that you don't have to worry about crime. Yeah. At all. Like getting mugged or, or, you know, murdered or anything. Like, right. even if you stick out and you're different, like, as far as general forms and customs, they're pretty much giving you a pass because you look American. Yeah. And you look like you don't know where you should be or what you're doing. And I was like, let's help the American along. Yeah. That's generally the thing. And I'm like, name another country on earth where that's super easy to do. I, I don't even know that. Like, Jess was like, oh, I really want to go to France. And I'm like, boy, I'm just not sure that France is super safe all the time, <laughs> you know? I've never had any desire to go to France. Uh, just the the bread is what draws her. <laughs> it's like calling to her. It's like the place of bread and art. Yeah. And to the her, one, that's like the one bread thing is in- number one, art is number two, architecture and old things is probably yeah. three. And so, like, the one she, thing she would not go to Japan. She was really glad that I kind of went by myself. This is not her culture. Yeah, it's mine. It's yeah. <laughs> it's efficient. It's it's symmetrical. Yeah, things are orderly, and they like. I love symmetry in art, and she does like. Yeah, and, and I like the more modern kitchens with stainless steel. Yeah. And, like muted tones, and she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> like a I French love, cafe. I love right. love love. Japanese wood and paper architecture. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most beautiful, amazing things I've ever seen. And if I did not live in Ohio, I would eventually build a house in that manner. It, I love it. The sliding doors, like that whole Oh, vibe. everything is pocket doors. I that love it. That was the first thing when I came back to the States. I'm like, so many swinging doors. Yeah. 
like even the entry doors to most places, like you touch them and they go open. They weren't yeah. necessarily automatic, but they yeah. were automatic once you touch them. Yeah. And then they go. Yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of cool. Like everything was pocket doors, even in my hotel room. Like the little door to the toilet had a pocket. The little door to the shower had a pocket. And like there is a lot of doors. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Oh, you had uh, instructions basically for the toilet that you had too. Oh, yeah. The bidets are a real thing, and they're <laughs> very, they're, they're like all the toilets have bidets. And, and like it's heated seats and different well, things in, like in that. In my hotel, yeah, the, the toilet had a heated seat and a, and a bidet, and I used Google Translator on the thing because I was like, I don't want surprises here with these <laughs> buttons. Like, uh, do I have to be seated for this entire performance, or how's this going to work? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was an interesting thing. And I don't actually trust that thing to get its job done. So yeah. I was glad there was toilet paper around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. This is something about it. I'm not a believer. I know some people swear up and down, and there are American people that swear up and down, and they're becoming more and more popular in the States. Not in my house. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. It's not my thing. So any so we're getting we're getting close to the end here. So is there anything right, else right. you you want to you want to throw out from your uh, experience? I did I did enjoy uh, like at the Jap the traditional Japanese restaurant with the raised floors. Like you go in and the floors are raised. Okay. And you take your shoes off. Basically, the rule is you take your shoes off anytime you're stepping onto a place with a raised floor. Okay. And so you leave your shoes there, and then you get up and you walk on that, and then like their tables were low. And there's basically enough room to slide your legs under the table and then down the, since the floor is raised, you're not, you're sitting on the floor to yeah, eat, yeah. but the table's like right above your legs and you just okay. sit down there and it's, it's kind of cool. I enjoyed that. It, I don't know. It's when people, when people stand up and walk around though, during dinner, they're yeah. like really tall and you're really low and it yeah. was odd, but that was, that was kind of cool. I enjoyed I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the number of signs and, and everything and, and the the people being nice and and kind to me as although my Japanese the guy that I was with most of the time, he's like, they will tell me they will tell me, No, no, no soup. No, no, you can't have that. Blah, 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 you know, at a at a shop or a restaurant and yeah. be like, no, uh, uh, you know. And he's like, for you, you probably see a lot of smiles and like, oh, yeah, we can get that for you. Or no, this is not an option. You need to, yeah. do, you know. So there's and a there's a, a feeling of like you're a guest and we're trying to treat you hospitably. Right. right. And again, you stick out. Yeah, you, you definitely stick out. Yeah. So was that a weird sensation, like being in a place where you are clearly the other? Yeah. Yeah. You're clearly the other, but people didn't seem to mind. Yeah. Like they were there to help you. Yeah. And they were there to be nice to you. I enjoyed all of that. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. But. Well, I would love to go sometime. I think it would be a cool place to visit. Yeah. The cars are really small. Yeah. Like, when you see an American car, and, like, the one guy had a Tesla there, and, and then another guy had, like, a Mercedes with, a, like, a long front end. Yeah. I'm like, how do you get around these streets with these cars? Yeah. And not beat them up? Yeah. Like, all the cars are short and narrow because the streets are short and narrow and everybody drives real close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. That was, was even, I even found that when I, when I was in uh, London, that vehicles were just small. Like they're much smaller in, in, in Europe yeah. as well. So you couldn't get around there with, with a Chevy Suburban. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Not at all. And yeah. In the city, the little parking lots where you pay for your parking spot, there's like a little thing that comes up in front of your tire. Yeah. And since most cars are small and low, as soon as you back into that space, it like pops up and then you have to pay to get it out. You pay yeah. when you go to get it out. Okay. And I'm like, in the US, we just have a Jeep and we'd be like, I see your thing. I yeah. just drive over. Just go drive right over that. <laughs> it just Man. would not work. There's certain things that just would not work. Yeah. American to to yeah. Japanese. It I don't know. I, I did find out watching the sumo wrestling thing that there are a couple non-Japanese nationals that sumo wrestle. Really? Which was weird. I was watching this thing. I'm like, that is a big, hairy white man. <laughs> They're sumo wrestling with these with these smaller, like, but fatter Japanese guys. Yeah. And it's this big Bulgarian dude. Huh. And I'm like, that is one big mountain of a man. Yeah. And he is winning. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't realize other... People, other nationalities could come and wrestle. Like, he lives in Japan. Yeah. I think mostly because 
sumo wrestlers can't leave Japan. None of the transportation would ever fit them <laughs> to get them out of the country. I don't know. I don't know how you would ever fit in any of the airplane seats or anything yeah. to get you out of the country. They probably just have their own means, methods, and modes. They would have to ship you <laughs> wherever you're going to go. <laughs> like I honestly wondered walking around this place. I'm like, what would I do if I was 400 pounds right now? Oh my word! I don't even know what I would do in this situation. Like, you would hold up everything. Even the escalators were like, in some places were just like one person ex- yeah. escalators. Yeah. There's no carrying two bags in both arms or something. Like yeah. you're, you're in a narrow spot here. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. It was, it was a mind warp. Now I'm just picturing a sumo wrestler packed in a box and <laughs> shipped try, somewhere. Yeah, or trying to fly. Oh, man. <laughs> That's got to be rough. I don't know what you would do. But not something that's ever occurred to me, but there it is now. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's like being in a place where where you just felt like you had landed from another planet. Yeah. But it was something otherworldly about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't belong here. And I probably I probably couldn't, although eventually I could probably make my, my home. Yeah. And I could come to understand the people and all of that and, like, really, because I'm, I'm a chameleon enough to do that yeah but i don't know i don't know it, it'd be it'd be difficult for the first little while yeah for sure and no salad for breakfast man no no We're salad for breakfast balsamic vinegar and tomatoes and everything <laughs> right there for breakfast that's different yeah oh and man yeah some of the noodles being cold on some of those dishes was surprising as well oh yeah yeah i i never ate cold noodles for any reason and i've eaten cold noodles Ugh, that's rough no, I didn't mind it. I've done it. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I made bad decisions to get to cold noodles. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is a fair statement. Oh, but yeah, I would totally go back. It's, it was a great place. Well, great good. place to be. Good, good. Well, I, I enjoyed experiencing it somewhat vicariously through your social media. Uh, but I'm glad you're back in the States. Yeah. I'm glad we're getting to hang out again. Yeah. It felt like a long time. It was weird. It was yeah. weird. I, I had to set a, a, a clock a world clock on my phone so I knew when I can actually text Sheldon because I didn't want to text him in the middle of the night. And that yeah. was strange. Being 14 hours off, we I actually was able to talk to Jess most of the time. Like right. my getting up was her going to bed. Right, and so it all worked so out. It, it all worked out pretty well. Um, but I did see the sunset on Thursday twice, which Just, was bizarre. You, you chased the sun. Yeah, well, I chased the sun going over. Yeah. It was dark most of the way going back because I left like Thursday afternoon and landed Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Which was you time, a weird thing. You time traveled. I time traveled. <laughs> like my li- my flight, my flight left at like, I don't know. I actually went back in time or something because yeah. the flight left at five, and I landed at three thirty, or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it was. That's bizarre. But my flight going in, I left like Saturday morning and landed Sunday night. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. weird. No, it, it for was sure. it was tremendously bizarre doing that like the time travel stuff was weird but i'm completely straight no jet lag anything like that i got home and slept like 12 hours on thursday night and (laughs) felt great and i've been normal ever since normal ever since or whatever passes is normal and right in the world of sheldon (laughs) oh man yeah the tv the japanese tv i never could figure out yeah their tv channels they're like what was being shown None of it made any sense. Weird game shows. Super weird game shows. Super weird kids cartoons. The news reports were just, well, first of all, I couldn't tell what was going on. Right, of course. They were odd. Uh, You know, but apparently fireworks happen a lot over there. Like, they're big into fireworks. Fair enough. The way I was told, it's not like Chinese fireworks. Lots of booms and loud sounds. It's more pretty like the <laughs> they're, they're more like the the beautiful fire so they did not like chinese fireworks uh, i don't know I, I sense there was a little bit of not not likingness of some of the chinese culture yeah <laughs> yeah but that's funny <laughs> that's interesting man yeah i'm i'm, I'm fascinated Great by times. your whole experience for sure yeah for sure and as far as industry i i realized that i was expecting <laughs> a bunch of guys that liked honda like we did yeah Honda's not super popular, apparently, in that city. Like, Toyota, though, was huge. And the way they described it, it was like, if Toyota, the company, 
has a cough, the entire economy has a cold. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. So okay. Toyota has a lot of sway. That's and interesting. And they're into a lot of things over there. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is I guess Honda has become more and more an American company yeah, as, I don't, as they become popular in America. Yeah, I certainly don't know enough yeah, to speak they to have, it, they have a lot of They have a lot of manufacturing here. They have a lot of their stuff here in, on, on and uh, in North America. And I heard they're killing off the Honda Fit in the States. Really? Which is sad for I'm me. Still, I'm still a little wounded that they got rid of the Honda Element. Yeah. I really am. But I have two Honda Fits, and yes. I love them. I'm getting sad with my Honda Element because... I I bought it brand new. I was the only owner of this vehicle. I've put every single mile on it myself, and it's starting to hit that hit that stage. You're gonna sell it. It's starting to hit that stage where I've had it for over ten years. There's certain rattles and creaks that it's making that it didn't used to make. I'm about 125 miles <laughs> or 125,000 miles on it that I put on it myself, and I'm like, it just it's 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 aging, and it's making me sad. And yeah, some some teenager is probably going to own it in the next few years, and that makes me sad. Yeah, it's, it's a good vehicle. I've liked it. Change is good. Yes, yes, it is. All right. Well, anyway, I don't know if there are any action steps to this. No, uh, you can rate individual <coughs> episodes on iTunes. So go ahead and do that yes. while you're at it. And if you thought this episode sucked, that's okay. Just go rate a different episode. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Or rate this one poorly. A rating is a rating is a rating. We'll take any interaction. No poor ratings. Get your head out of your behind. I'm trying to be an e- equal opportunity. Uh, I guess not an employer. I don't know what I am. I don't know what that is. Oh, man. Anyway, you guys, thanks for hanging with us. Yeah. And uh, we will be back at it next week, I believe. Right? Yeah, right? Sure. We're back. Let's All do right. it. So we'll see you again next week. Have a good one. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.